everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Sit, the podcast where three dog trainers spanning three generations share all our best tips from our personal experiences and reactions to basically anything dog-related. I'm Lynn Bell, not a boomer, not a millennial. I am Gen X. And every week I'm joined by my actual boomer and millennial co-hosts, Kim Dofer and Alice Teal. Hey everybody, welcome to Let's Talk Sit. I'm Alice Teal and I'm here with my co-hosts Kim Tofer and Lynn Bell. Today our topic is aimed a little bit more towards dog trainers. We're talking about motivating the pet owner to actually put in the work to get the results that they need. So this one I think is, come. I see come up in a lot of newbie trainer forums where like the, 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 the newer trainer is like upset because well, they didn't do their homework. They didn't ever, like, they didn't do their homework. And a lot of trainers are like, well, just move on, move on to the next client. Um, and I think sometimes that's valuable advice because there's people that just really aren't going to be able to do the work. Um, but I, I don't think it's always the best advice. Um, I think sometimes we get so locked in on, like, the dog that we fail to recognize that we need to also be teaching the owner and focusing on teaching the owner skills. I mean, like the actual teaching of the owner. I think sometimes that the owners need to see, I don't know, like there's, there's a weird line between like you having to educate them and them having to kind of like fall into what happens if you don't. Yeah. Um, because I mean, you can be telling them all day, um, that something's going to happen if you don't do this or do that, but then. But do you think we need happen, to be developing skills to be able to teach people? Well, yeah. I think that's where I think a lot of newbie trainers think they're going to come in and they need to learn the dog training skills, but they never really learned like what kind of learner a human is or how to address humans or how to maybe motivate them. Yeah. That's why you do day and trains so that you just work with the dogs. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> I don't want to talk to people. Get out of here. But you still Here's have to be able to with your dog. You still have to be able to do that though to transfer it over, right? Like it's still a thing. I usually did it in writing. <laughs> oh, that's cheating. <laughs> cheater, cheater, fucking I think we also have to focus on I, I think usually where I get the most motivated is by creating owner buy-in. So like show them that the dog is actually capable of learning something new and quickly if they will do it. I don't know. Kim, what are your thoughts? Oh, as usual, I'm weird and different. Um, I, a most of the clients, right? what's that? There's a fine line mm, there. You know, I think I worked, I, I met the owner where they were. I mean, I wasn't one who was frustrated about, oh, you can't do more, or you haven't done more, you've done nothing since our last session, or yeah, um, if you don't do this, you know, your dog's going to, you know, turn into Cujo or something. Um, so many of my clients uh, were busy professionals and really, really did not have the time. I mean, they I didn't, this was just another thing added to their plate. This, this dealing with this dog situation was another thing added to their plate of an already busy, busy, busy schedule. So they were already trying to carve out some time to work with that dog. I would honestly say that most of the dogs, at least in my classes, the most work they got was in the classroom. 
um, they really rarely got too much more reinforcement at home. Now, occasionally they would. Um, but I guess I, I didn't feel like it was beneficial for me to um, go after the owner in any sort of a harsh way. Uh, I think you know, we're, and nag, we're in that not nag them, you know, that no. sort of thing. I was always just kind of like, okay, well, this is where we are today. If it's the same place we were last week, we just would go over what we did last week again. I think, I, I think there's a, well, I, I'm the same way. So I don't think you're that different. I'm the same way. I wasn't bothered by them not doing it. I don't go, oh my gosh, you didn't do your homework, you nasty person. You just well, didn't do it. But I see in the forums too. Dog. A lot of people are like, why aren't they listening to me? Yeah. Why aren't they doing what yeah. I asked them to do? I gave them homework. They did nothing. I'm it's the authority like, figure and they're not listening to me and doing because, what I because say. Because people have lives and people yeah. are busy and people do stuff and right. they forget. And by the time they, they decide to sit down and train the dog, which is usually like the night before they have another lesson with you, uh, they've forgotten everything. Yeah, I 100%. So I, I don't which get upset you put it by it. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm not I'm not against putting I it put in writing. Video. I think that's fine. Or, you know, doing a, sending home a video of what we yeah. talked about. Marco Polo is great for that. Um, so I think, so it, it really though, like, but I also don't like, here's the stuff, whatever. Oh, you didn't learn it, whatever. It's you're stupid. The dog is great too. I mean, well, I, and I would move so on fun. to the next exercise until we, we finished what we were supposed to do with the first one. Now, if that means you're, you're going to take, I don't know, 20 lessons instead of six, that's what it's going to mean. But that's, that's because you're not making good use of your time. Sometimes I'll say, look, um, you know, if they haven't done it, and, and usually I know life gets in the way, right? Like, I'm like, oh, you had this happen this week. Do you, and, and then occasionally I'm like, do you want to reschedule this? Because I'd rather, like, make some progress on this. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm like, no, I need to I don't keep know. I think the, I think the recovering the same material and explaining to them how this is going to benefit them, um, that, that, repeat of the same lesson I think sometimes is better they they yeah. they get to hear it again they get to do it again so I keep those lessons I don't generally say oh well if you don't want to do it we'll just we'll just come back to it in a month well they're never going to practice that month because they've already forgotten yeah I think if well it just depends on the person sometimes I've done where it's um like yeah, I, I'll tell them, okay, this is the goal that we have to reach. When you've reached this, call me and book another session. And, and they know they only have so long to book sessions with me or sessions to expire because I don't want to get called six years down the line that they finally right. taught say, you know? Um, so sometimes I've tried it that way. Sometimes I've done it where, you know, I'm just going to reteach it, but I've, I've made it clear. Hey, look, I've, I've taught you this stuff. We can continue. I can continue to do the same thing, but you got to do the work in between. Otherwise we're not able to move on, but that's okay. Like I, my goal is to teach you. And if you know how to do it, then you'll get to it when you have the time to finally do it. So, well, I know there are trainers who, are, who will put somebody on a tight schedule and say, you know, okay, you've got X number of lessons and you have to achieve X by each one of these lessons. And I don't go that extreme. I, you know, I, I just, I know life happens and I know things get complicated sometimes. So I, and I think sometimes the lack of motivation, I don't know. It's not really a lack of motivation. It's just, you know, competing elements just jump in, you know, it's like if you, oh, your, your dog needs, you know, better house training. 
So you're working with a trainer to improve that house training. It's kind of a critical thing in your house. It's a big mess if your dog doesn't get house trained. But then, you know, that week in between, you know, the, the kid has a project due for school and he tells you last minute and, and um, you're really sick and you need to get to the doctor and your car gives you trouble. Uh, by the time you get around to that house training thing again, um, you're confused. I also don't want to go to the other extreme, though, where I'm like, oh, they just never have to do anything. Like, I would still be like, look, oh, okay, no. if that if it's working for you, that you, your dog's crapping in your house. I mean, but from a trainer's you know. perspective, if they just keep leading you on and they're not they're not progressing. Um, yeah. Why do you care? They're just going to pay you for more lessons. I, I'd rather try to find the ways to help. Uh, like, like I used to call, I used to tell stu uh, students that I'm like an armchair trainer, like, okay, we're going to find the time. So we're going to, you're going to work your dog to, back when everybody watched TV and there was commercials, or you're going to work it during commercial break. So I just want you to do work with this behavior during your commercial break. You watched, I'd find like their schedule and find where that little area is. I didn't care if they did 20 minutes. I cared that they put in two minutes a day, if that on some of the dogs. So I, so I was always trying to find ways to make it able to happen and doable for them. And I think, and I think is... that's where sometimes trainers don't, they, they're just like the dogs. I can train the dog, but you're pointless <laughs> and they get frustrated and walk away. And that's why I, I also don't want to see that extreme either. I don't think a lot of this is about motivating the owner though. Like we're talking about why owners don't do it. They could just, I don't, I don't know. Well, it kind of is because if you figure out why they're not doing it, how are you able to motivate them unless you know why? So sometimes it's life, right? Like it's just life happens. Right. And and one thing that we can do to resolve that is find ways to make it more doable for them. Sometimes um, people feel forced to go to the trainer. And that's yeah. that's a different it's a different yeah. type of trainer problem. If you're a dog trainer and okay, so you've got a, I don't know, a, a partner, uh, they're in a, they're in a yeah. relationship with somebody and one partner says you, this problem needs to get fixed or you're going to get, have to get rid of this dog. Yeah. So you've got, you've got this person who's kind of under duress trying to solve an issue. Um, but in the back of their mind, they're also very, very concerned that if they don't so solve this problem effectively that their partner is going to still want to get rid of the dog. Right. Um, there are, sometimes there are just these extenuating circumstances that prevent them from learning effectively. And, and I think us knowing how to work around that and work with the people can help those situations. We can help those well, and a situations lot of times we more. aren't going to know about those. They're not yeah. going to tell us outright what's going on. Do you dig? I sometimes dig. I don't necessarily dig, but I'm like, I, I try not to know, dig too much. On. I mean, I might say something like, um, are there, are there other things going on in your household yeah. that, that might prevent you from, from doing some of the, this, you know, these things, is there somehow that I can help you work, yeah. work out the time for when this is, you know, when we can do this? Cause there's, you know, obviously we're busy people too, and we still find time to train our dogs. Um, so we, we kind of know how to do some tricks and shortcuts so we can, we can kind of help with that, about. but, um, I don't know. In general, I don't pry unless they're willing to be open. 
Like some people will just try. I think I mean like you where I'm trying to like, okay, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. What what, can I help you with? You know, I might be able to know the tricks to be able to maneuver this, you know? Well, some people like, it's almost like we're, I don't know, we're, we're police officers or priests or something. People feel real comfortable just like spilling their guts and telling us everything that's going on in their, in their lives. Um, I don't let them go too deep. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know. mean, it's like, I think <laughs> I've heard just about there. everything, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, and and it's okay. I mean, it, I, I guess I've just been sympathetic to the fact that sometimes people have some things going on in their lives that are stopping them from doing the thing that they thought they really wanted to do, which was to solve a problem or, or build a relationship with their dog. Um and sometimes people are just taking my classes because they're lonely. Yeah. They don't yeah, really want to solve the problem. They actually really want more. Um, they it's want the either their outlet. opinion validated or they want the social outlet. And I'm mm-hmm. cool with that. Like, I'm like, if they don't really want to, I'm going to force, like, I, I'm not stressed by it. And that's what I'm seeing is, is uh, sometimes new trainers are so like, but I'm the authority. They're paying me. So why aren't they doing what I say? And I'm, like there's I guess we're kind of covering those reasons why somebody I mean and obviously this is not a comprehensive list of why somebody might not do the work that you ask them to do Uh, I guess the thing is is be cognizant of the fact that people may have some things going on in their lives um, that have nothing to do with you or the dog or dog training um, and that's precluding them from getting the work done however if you do have somebody who is just stuck you know like like they they want to do it. They have the time to do it, but maybe they're not doing it effectively. Do you have tricks to help them? Well, and maybe you're not teaching to their type of learning. So that's when I'm like, we need to learn the skills to be able to go. Like if you have a kinesthetic learner versus a audio, you have to also be able to read the person in front of you, just like you read the dog in front of you and then work within that framework and, and adjust to where they're at. So in a way that's, that kind of like goes to Alice's idea of giving them instructions, not only uh, verbally and, you know, showing them and then having them repeat what you do, but also giving it to them in writing and, you know, possibly using an app or something like Marco Polo or sending them some kind of a video where you're demonstrating again, the steps so that they can watch it over and over again and become proficient. If they're kinesthetic, this is also why I like the virtual training so much more than I ever thought I would because they're actually having to do it again and again and I'm able to direct them so I can even work within like I'm able to adjust it addresses all learning styles a little bit more so um, depending on what they need to see (laughs) you know but I can give visual I can give them recorded it's audio and I they have to actually physically do it and I can but I don't know anyways it's it's the whole virtual thing but but I think being able to adjust to that, I, I, I see in these forums a lot, way too much. They're frustrated and they just move away from the client and, and maybe they could motivate that. There is the creating owner buy-in too. You get these people that are like, my dog is stupid. He can't be trained. They don't want to put well, in then the Why are they form. bringing him to you? For whatever reason. It I mean, if they think their dog is truly stupid and can't be trained. I mean, so I, sometimes I think they they kind of fib a little. They they know yeah. that there's a problem there. It's just they don't want to admit that they can't do it themselves. 
Well, and yeah, they're, they might be covering it. It might be the forced spouse thing. It might, I mean, there's so many underlying right. factors there, but if we can address the concern and, and maybe the concern is they're busy. You know, I tell people, I, I've got four kids under the age of, at one point it was four kids under the age of five. I've got working dogs that have to work. Um, I have some tricks to be able to cut, like I said, train during commercial break, train during this, and or I'd have tricks to be able to pull this off. And maybe I get 20 minutes in the week, but it's still 20 minutes is better than zero. And you just feeling guilty all week because you didn't do the homework. So being able to address some of those concerns, um, maybe it's a good skill for newbies to learn how to like big, uh, try to figure out what the problem is and address it. And maybe it's, they're not learning it well, so they don't know what to do. And therefore, you know, so maybe you address that with their learning style. Um, like yeah. Alice, you know, what, one of what, Alice's concerns yeah, was, was that, you know, what if you miss this opportunity to fix this problem? I'm, I'm speaking for Alice. I'm sure I don't need do to, but I like, like if you should have fixed this problem and, and it would have been easy to fix, but now it's become a worse problem because you didn't address it. Oh yeah. They you have know, to so see we're trying, the, they like have you to see saying, the actual problem come up before they right, believe right. it's you know, even like, going to happen. Like we, we see the train coming down the track. They don't see it. And we see what's about to happen. And then when it happens, they're all like, why did this happen? And you're like, oh, I've only been I told screaming you. the top of my lungs. I, I told you, it was, I told you the train was coming and there you were dancing on the tracks. Um, I, I think for something like that, it, it's it's going to have to be a, a play by ear kind of thing. You know, you're, if it's truly, if it's truly urgent, like you've got a dog who's, you know, they're, they're in danger of losing their home or their bite risk or something like that. Um, that's, that's where things have to get a little more serious. And you might have to have a more serious conversation with the owner and say, this really needs to be addressed. The thing that probably frustrates me most with owners in, is more of a non-compliance kind of issue is I tell them you need to do, well, in, in some cases, it's a management thing. You need to you need to put this dog in a crate when he can't be observed in order to stop X behavior. That would be an example. Um, and they do it sometimes, but other times or they, they do don't. it for two weeks and then they're like, oh, well, it's, it should be fixed now. Well, that's a different problem. That's a totally, yeah, I mean, that is a problem too. But, and that's one that comes up, but this is one where it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I put him in the crate, but you know, he whines and, and I was just having a bad day and I didn't want to hear the whining today. So I let him out. So it's like, well, you're creating a monster. You're, you're, you undid any good work you just did by, by breaking your habit. You need to, you need to make sure that they know that the rules are different now. The rules are this, you give me, you give me this good behavior and you get this freedom. It's, it's kind of the nothing in life is free sort of concept. Um, and sometimes we use that for a behavior modification problem. And it, that, to me, that's frustrating where, you know, they explicitly do exactly what you ask them not to do. That that's I think the there is a more problem. fresh, it, it's when it's like, okay, so we're, we get frustrated at different things. Like I'm kind of like, okay, well, that didn't work for, how'd that work for you? Didn't work for you. Okay. Let's move to this. You need to, you already know that this, they already know you told them they didn't do it. It created a problem. They already they'll even tell you that they didn't do it and say you were right and laugh and and chuckle. And then they'll turn around the next week and do it again. And that's that really, 
super frustrating. Have you seen that coffee mug or the sweater or whatever? That's like when it didn't something, what is it? What, if do what your dog tried, trainer told you. Yeah. Try doing yeah. what your dog trainer told you the first time. Um, because it's, it's so true. And, 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 but I think they already know it. I don't need to harp on them for right. it. I just need to right. like, okay, you already know. So we, we've already discussed this. You already know what you need to do. As long as you know what you need to do, I've done my job because I've taught you what you need to do. It's just, mm-hmm. you need to get around to do it. And, and that'll happen when you have the motivation to not, I'm not going to tell them that, but in my head, I'm like, when they have the motivation to do it, they'll do it. Um, well, and, and Alice brings up another good point of the, you know, they do something for a couple of weeks and then like, they're like, hey, well, he hasn't peed on the floor in a couple of weeks. So I guess we're good. Uh, house training's over. Um, I, I think, I think, and then they, you know. They put they the crate relax. back in the garage and. They relax know, the rules remove all and they're the right baby back at square one hates. and they're going to have a harder time starting over and doing it again. Um, that. I think is, is because sometimes the trainers don't set them up for the yeah. expectations, you know, like this is going to take a couple months. This I, I disagree take- with that. I think it's that a lot of owners just think that it doesn't take that long and that trainers but can that's say a trainer that needs to set them up for the success no, because the, the trainer can say over and over, you know, it's going to take this long. Um, this is the steps you're going to see. Um, if in two weeks it's working, that just means it's working, keep going. And then they're going to be like, well, in two weeks it is working. So I could be done. Um, it's working I because you're doing what you're doing. Not but because it's again, the dog knows. But if it's I again, tell one them of those and- things that they, um, they have to see for themselves, mm-hmm. they have to like get hit by the train before they're going to change their <clears> behavior. <throat> right. And the, the bad thing about that is something like, let's say it's house training because it's kind of a common thing that happens with house training. Um, Every time that dog goes back and reverts and has an accident, the more unreliable that dog's going to become long-term Yep. because it still knows that, well, you know, if push comes to shove, I can pee over here. Yeah. I mean, really in the scheme of things, it's, you know, when you make that nice clean break about, we, we never pee in the house. We never poop in the house. It's always outside. Um, That, that sinks in, but it, it does take time. I mean, the dogs have to have a little bit of time of, you know, experience with that before they understand that, oh, oh, it's forever, no matter what, even if it's cold outside, even if it's raining outside, doesn't matter what's going on. I still have to do my bathroom outside. I think one of the problems there too, is that the owners will just tell themselves that like, well, it's okay if it's, you know, it's cold outside. And so the dog pees inside and, you know, pees on the rug over there. Well, Um, then and I'm not having that dog house Yeah, I sometimes I have done the like joked with them ahead of time, and I'm like, okay, in two weeks when you're tempted to put away the crate because you've had no accidents, just remember that this is a thing, and this is what I've seen this train wreck before. And I mean, I'm not joking. I've seen this train wreck before, and I'm telling you for a reason. So you can kind of set them up for. I know know there are people who never listen to us though. I, yeah. There will be, but I think there's way too many, like the trainers are newer. They're, they're complaining about it so much that I'm like, are you really hitting or, like, are, maybe you're, maybe you're doing something maybe like, cause like a, an owner isn't going to listen to us if they don't think we care. Right. Like if, if I don't convey to them that I care about their emotions or feelings about any of this, I don't care about their schedule. I don't care about any of it. Just train the dang dog they're not going to really listen to me anyways. So maybe there's things that you could be like us as trainers could be addressing. That's not to say take the whole 
like I can't care more about their dog than they do. Right. Right. Like, so there's right. this fine line between, but sometimes I think they're going to the other extreme and, and if you're not creating owner buy-in, you're not building that rapport with the owner. They're not going to listen to you regardless of what you say. I do think there's one more piece of that puzzle. Those people who tend not to listen to you are the people who are like friends and family who are not also paying you. Yeah. If somebody's paying you 50 bucks an hour, if somebody's paying you 50 bucks an hour, you're an expert. Now they want to know exactly what you're going to do to help them get through this problem. If it's just a friend or a family member, they're going to be like, what do you know? Now, now Kim, you might've had this happen as well. I get the guys and I'm the, this isn't, it's not necessarily a gender thing or whatever, but I get the people that are like, um, maybe the spouse signed them up or whatever. And, and uh, in my case, it's typically a male is like, I have this big, strong shepherd. What are you going to do to be able to fix this? Uh, those cases, I have to build that. Um, I don't know, like, like I'll, I'll start talking about my protection dog or the canine or whatever. Look, I've handled this kind of situation before. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like there's there, I have to create this. You're trying to establish credibility with them. Yeah. You have to establish credibility or they're not going to listen. They will not listen to you at all, but I have seen it where I've been able to establish credibility and then they switch around and start listening and they're able to move forward from there. So, so establishing credibility, creating owner buy-in, all of that kind of stuff does come into play. And, and I don't want newer trainers to just think, well, they didn't listen to me. They paid me. I'm the authority figure on this because I went to school and therefore they suck. And I move on to the next client. Um, At the same time, I'm going to, I'm going to go back on what you're saying. Um, I don't play those games. I don't want to get into sexism here, but if there's sexism happening and they're not listening to me because they're a big dude and I'm a woman you can get out of my face. I'm not going to like, I don't play those games. Sorry. Some you're trainers, such a millennial. You are such a millennial. I'd rather get the dog situation, you know, fixed with that. Well, now, you know, that's, that's a different topic though. I mean, a, truly a, a bad match of, of dog and dog trainer and, and client yeah. that can happen too. I mean, like if something like that, like really, really offends Alice, you should not have that client. No, that, um, if that's a problem. I'm not taking that client. Me at all. Yeah. I, I literally obviously. just am like, whatever, this is what we're doing. And, you know, I don't even play the game with it, but I will deal with that situation. And I'm not bothered. It by is that. a game. If you have to like start bringing up your protection dogs to as proof because they don't believe you because they think, oh, you know, you're no, just a that's not, whatever. I'm just going, whatever. Well, they can't it relate. That's the problem. All. They can't relate to you. It's like, what? I don't know your credentials. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you've done. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm here looking for help for whatever reason, but I'm not convinced you're going to, you're it. If if, if I get like a fur mommy type, that's like through full thing or whatever, they might not relate to me as I'm walking around with the shepherd and the production dog. If I'm the, like, like really soft trainer and doesn't have the thing they can't relate so the ability to meet them where they're at can help it, it might bother you and that just may not be the client for you Alice it really that's, isn't that's different that's a different topic though I'm not well, talking we about all, relating yeah, I think we all have clients that we would immediately probably send elsewhere yeah yeah but if you can't relate to them then you're not going to be the trainer for them so well the more people you can relate to the more customers you're going to have but right um right 
the ones that you, that you are absolutely crossing the line in the sand for you, then you should refer them out. But you just to your have enemies to if they're really like complete jerks. <laughs> that's that's why it's always good before. to have a list of trainers, even ones you don't like. <laughs> that's that's never happened before, right, Kim? Nope, I'd never do that. I think one of the I'm changing the topic here because I'm getting. I'm getting some some tilt in my voice, so I'm going to change it. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about um, that I think is a big thing, too, is that a lot of newer trainers will come up with, these are the things all the dogs need to know. And they have like their six or 10 or whatever behaviors or tricks or whatever that um, every dog needs. And the owner's like, I'm just here because my dog jumps. I don't, right. like my dog doesn't need to know, have like a solid go to place. Um, go to place is fine i'm not saying like they don't need to know that whatever like it's oh, not that like that would be a really nice alternative to jumping it, it would be a nice alternative okay that was a good wasn't a good example but no no, no but it's like, okay so you yeah. have to be able to show how them. what you have helps them that's the but, problem. but hold on let me let me continue um because i wasn't done um maybe they're like the trainer is harping on okay well you use paddy, potty pads inside that's you can't do that and they're like my dog is jumping that's all that's what i want to work on um, Kim, you're a headless, you're a bodiless head right now. I am. <laughs> distracted. <laughs> um, but it's like they, they insist on training something or talking to the owners about something that they have no interest in. And then they're like, well, the owner isn't listening to me. Well, maybe don't though, if they're not worried about their house training, maybe, they, maybe they're perfectly fine with the dog using potty pots. Yeah. Maybe they live in an apartment. Yeah. And that's what they want to do. And yep. you going over how house training is going to affect jumping no it's not sorry right um it's like you've crossed the line they, they brought you there for something else yeah you have to do it there like you have to figure out how to get the results they need their way versus like it's not just your way or the highway which I, I think, think also, how a lot of trainers are I think also in the beginning so in that for me in that initial session I'm going okay we're going to make the telltale list. These are the problems that you see. These are the problems that I can see with the situation. Maybe the dog is growling and they're there to fix jumping. Well, I, I want to address the growling. Like the kid's growling at the kids, but I don't really care about that. I only care the dog's jumping on people. Well, I'm going, mm. so, so I'll say, okay, these are the problems that I see. This is what happens if you don't address that. If you only address the symptom of a bigger problem right? Like sometimes they only want to address what really is a symptom of a bigger problem. You might have other symptoms pop up and I'll tell them that. And if they want to only address the symptom, I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll address the symptoms. Sometimes I can get create buy-in there where I fix that. And then I'm like, okay, do you see how that relates to this? Now we can address the things that I want to. I don't just walk in going, you have to heal. You have to sit down, stay coming in. But that's I not might what I'm them, saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, because that is just good training. I'm saying that but, newer but trainers will they don't know how on to do things. That. I know that's why I'm saying is newer trainers don't necessarily know how to do that. And maybe well, they then they shouldn't to. be dealing with dogs growling at kids anyway. If they don't know how to figure figure out the root of the problem, then they but shouldn't that's be the dealing example with... I'm saying is sometimes I have to go like I have to let them go and I'll address their issues, but point out that it's just a bigger like okay, your issue is this. I see these issues and they need to know that I see the issues, but, but, that's not but what I'll I'm address what about. you, no, I, it is. Cause I'm saying what I'll address what you want first, but I've laid it out for them. So that's not me saying my way or the highway. It's me saying, I see the bigger problems. We don't have but to, but again, the that, that is we not what I'm what saying. I'm saying that trainers have like, they want 
they're like, they want to teach X, Y, Z in that order. Um, I want my dogs that I train to all have a very solid sit, stay and downstay. And the owner is like, well, I don't really care about a sit, stay. I just want a downstay. But the, the trainer is sitting there like, no, well, I have to motivate you to do, to do a sit, stay too. And the owner's like, well, I, I just don't care. So that's I, what I'm talking about. Is I like think clients, right, in that case. I'm just saying how to address it. <laughs> I think if we're talking about the same thing. I'm just saying how a trainer can get, if I have a, if I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to have a downstay, which I'm not, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask so. them ahead of time. I, what I'm saying is I'm going to ask them ahead of time, what is important to you? And we start with the things that are important to them. And by the time they've learned that most owners are then going to care more what's important, important to you too. But the, so, well, so again, that's what I'm saying is build the, some credibility. Yeah. You, building you credibility. Build it's not saying it's not a trainer being stubborn and saying, I need it in this order, which I have seen all the time. Yeah. I, I yeah. the newbie trainers don't know how to get past that. And that is a problem, but maybe if that's what I'm saying is it, they have to build credibility. The, the solution to that is building the credibility first. If you are really that particular that you have to teach something and even then just let it go. Like they have to really let go. Of, and I, I see a lot of newbie trainers that just cannot let go. Well, it's pretty easy to say if you're, if you're working on a problem and you see something that the owner is not interested in, it doesn't appear to be interested in addressing. You can always say, you know, I see some other issues with your dog. Your dog is doing X, Y, or Z. Would you like some help with that? Yeah. If the answer is no, move on. Yeah. And that's the problem. I don't think that some of the newer trainers are doing that. They're just jumping to the thing. So, so the skill set of being able to do that is a thing that newbie trainers need to learn in order to be able to get the clients right. to be able to do the thing. So it's a skill like dog training. Isn't just a dog training thing. It's a, well, we all have heard it before it's we're training the people. Mm -hmm. um, so the ability to relate with people, build credibility, teach them in a way that they need to know is our skill sets that we should be have some focus on you can't just train the dog you can if you want to do like the day training thing or whatever but you're not going to be as effective of a trainer unless you also build those people skills well I kind of hate to say it but I think it's the difference between you know an okay trainer and a truly good yeah. successful trainer um if I mean let's face it it's it's not once you learn this set of skills it's not that hard to train a dog um, there's, there's going to be the occasional dog that'll throw you for a bit of a loop, but for the most part, it's, it's not that hard. Um, it's the people that complicate the picture. Um, and that's where you have to spend probably the majority of your focus. The people skills do come into play in, in being a really excellent dog trainer. Um, because if you can't relate to them, can't do it. Or I, so many people get into this industry. So many people that really hate people. I hate people. I yep. only love the dogs. And, yep. and I'm going to, my point is this is a people career. Um, in order to be truly good at it, you have to have those people. If you don't have the people skills, then it's worth taking the time to learn the people skills. Maybe read some part of, part of NADOI. That's their like mission thing. Part of NADOI, mm -hmm. that organization that I'm a part of is it's the, like the CEUs. Some of them need to be towards training people. It's the people training part that comes into play. I'm, I'm generally kind of an introverted person. I know nobody will believe that. Um, <laughs> so, so it's work for me to have to, 
I don't know, work with the people. It, it's, it's draining. It can be tiring. Yeah. Um, it can be exhausting in some cases. Um, but you have to learn to do that if you're, if you're going to truly benefit the dogs. Um, but yeah. it is also, you know, we've talked about burnout before, but it is a definitely a source of burnout. I mean, probably working yeah. with people is, um, I don't know, would you say it's the major source of burnout? Um, situations, complications, problems with the people. I mean, the dogs are, are pretty easy, really. Um, but it's, it's dealing, it's dealing with the people in the situations. And as a, as a newer trainer, um, if you, if you think that you can bypass that or sidestep it, you really can't. Um, and I, I sort of feel for you because I'm kind of there too, but you gotta, you gotta dive in. You gotta learn the people skills. You just got, you have to learn how to deal with people. There's not a really easy, I can't even point you in the direction of a book that's easy or that's, that's um, perfect, but you have to really kind of what I do, at least I put myself in their shoes. You know, if, if I'm, if I'm looking at their situation, especially when I was doing in-homes, it was a lot easier to imagine their situation. Um, If I, if I'm called to someone's home to work with their dog, um, and they are constantly being pulled away by the telephone, the kids, somebody's at the door, husband's asking for where is she, yep. where's his tie. If, if there's all of this stuff going on in the one hour that I'm there, I'm going to assume that that's their life. Yeah. That that is what they do all day, every day. And, you know, they're constantly being pulled in a million directions. Okay. Now I see you don't have time for this. So then I do try to pair it with things you mentioned something like that before with commercials, but I'll say, um, you know, while you're making breakfast, why don't you have the dog do a downstay over here? Um, while you're, um, you know, on the phone, if you work from home while you're on the phone, why don't you make picking up the phone, a cue for your dog to go lie down and be quiet. Um, there are things you can, you can use and, and take from their life. And then, um, turn it into a solution for them. Um, the thing of it is, is, you know, just put yourself in their shoes for a minute. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine sometimes people's lives, but if you can, if you can put yourself there and say, I do think you have the time. Um, and this is where I think we can carve it out. Yeah. Then that helps. I remember when I, before I had kids, I remember telling like people would have a dog and they want to prep the dog for the kid, you know, and they do that whole setup thing. And I remember thinking, okay, but you need to work on this and you need to work on this or whatever. And I didn't have kids. And then I had kids. And for the first two months, my dog, I don't even think I saw my dogs for the first two months. Like I'd be like, hi, nice dog, you know, nice puppy or whatever. I was always so sleepy and so stressed or whatever, like after I had the kids. So now I just know, hey, that's a thing that's coming up. How can we train around this? You know, do you do it when you prep a bottle or change a diaper or whatever, maybe do a sit and then that's it. Or like go lay down on the mat. For me, it was, my dogs already were trained. So I didn't, they were, I would just go to your bed, you know, um, but I can empathize with them more. And, and I think that's a lot of what some of the new trainers, they really don't like the people and, and you really can't. I do like that book. Um, what's that? How to win friends and influence people. That was one mm-hmm. thing that like was a good resource. Sometimes the people skills books should be just as much of a part of our library as the dog training books. I mean, yeah, I, I tend agree. to 
I tend to grab the the dog training books just because that's but but those people skills should be a thing and if you don't have them it's not that you can't develop them you can develop them you just have to take the time to realize maybe I need to focus on this side of me for the moment to get be a better dog trainer yep that makes good sense y'all have anything else to add nope Okay, well then, thank you guys for listening. I'm Alice Teal. I am here with Kim Topher and Lynn Bell. Um, Join our Facebook group if you haven't already. It's called Let's Talk Sit. And we will see y'all next week.